No one will be admitted after the guests check in. Welcome to Motel Hell. I'm Ben the Beardo. And I'm Dick the Fetty. Uh, welcome back to another exciting episode of this podcast. Which is called The Last Wizard in the True Crime Garage Hardcore History. My favorite. Hell. Motel Hell. Yep. That's us. Don't check it on it. So. Check our meta tags. They're sick. <laughs> This week, we're doing one of our favorite episodes to do, but seems to be the least liked by listeners, <laughs> and we don't care! Yeah. It's our podcast, and we can run into the ground if we want to. So we're doing another strange news episode. That's right, but I guess, I don't know how strange Ben's news is. I think his is a little more on the strange, mine's is a little bit more on the true crime. There's a couple things I'm probably going to quickly cover that... I want to come back to it at a later date when more information unfolds, but as the 24-hour news cycle goes, uh, you know we get these stories that just get recycled over and over and over with no in- new information. Yeah. You know? So, I'm waiting for developments. And then when there is new information, it's already boring. Yeah. Justice for Abby, you know? But <laughs> first, let's do our movie, movie review. review. So tonight we finally watched both of us for the first time Ru- Ruggero 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 Diodato's Cannibal Holocaust from 1980. Finally. So we've been putting it off I think mostly due to the fact that we knew there was a ton of animal violence in it. True. I want to say. But <clears throat> we had peppered in recently quite a few cannibal movies. True. And thought we were pretty desensitized to it. True. Albeit, the animal violence in this one was really, uh, there was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot, although it, it felt slightly less exploitative than The Man from the Deep River or Cannibal Ferox, which are really our only other two cannibal films. And yes. We saw some animal violence around the same time in Orgies of Edo and Blind Woman's Curse, if memory serves me. I think, like, a snake got its head bashed in. Yeah. So, that was kind of a bummer. But, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I definitely don't... It's, like, weird, because, you know, we eat meat. We're not vegan or vegetarian or any way. So, at the end of the day, people should be... They should, like, see what happens. But I guess it's the whole idea of it being entertainment... Like, violence is entertainment, but it's against animals who are innocent. Just makes it seem, like, more shitty. But then, these animals are already dead, so it kind of seems like a waste not to watch it. (laughs) It's been how many years? Like, 30, so... 40? Yeah, so right off the bat, before we really go to the review, if you do plan on watching this movie, just know there is a great deal 
of animal violence. There's also a few rape scenes, so... Yeah, like extensive gang rape scenes. Yep, yep, those. But, yeah, so we watched we watched it streaming, but I think we watched the most recent Grindhouse cut, Grindhouse releasing cut that keeps in all of the animal terror, so... We got, like, the most bang for our buck, but not really anything else added. Not not really. (laughs) So, uh, so that, that, yeah, that part sucks. But it looked really good, and it's, it was just interesting, because I can understand why this movie is such a big deal, and I think we were both blown away by how well done the film was on the whole. The score by Ritz Ortolani, who's one of the most famous Italian composers as far as film scores go, yeah, is so good, and they have... It's got almost like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of thing going where a lot of times the score is like, it's non-musical scoring that's really unpleasant. It was only a couple scenes, but it was very effective. So you've got that already heightening the movie, and then the, the dubbing, as it often is in Italian films, is a mixed bag. So some of the actors had their original voices, like the main documentary guy and whatever. Right. Some of them were just their normal stock dubbers they did for all these 60s to 80s films. But that was all pretty quality. The dialogue was pretty quality. But the whole like premise and the way it was shot... Was is, done super well. Yeah, and it was like... it was. I mean, it was it was like brutal. And we have an extremely high tolerance here. It was a brutal film. So my my thing is, is like a lot of movies that are violent for the sake of violent, like a lot of torture porn stuff. I'm not into. Mm. I like the first Saw movie, but like Hostel doesn't do anything for me. A lot of those most French horror movies don't really do anything for me. But the the violence in this, I guess, mostly outside of the animal violence, outside of like them shooting the pig, because that felt more story oriented. Story oriented to show how brutal and uncaring some of the characters were. Yeah. But all the violence in this felt poignant and point, like it had a point. Yeah. As opposed to there's just a bunch of gore on film. Yeah, which we watched Cannibal Ferox first. I mean, not tonight, but previously a month, a couple months ago. And I went into it expecting people to get their genitals removed and get eaten. And we got that, but we got a really dumb movie. And yeah. I, I really enjoyed Cannibal Ferox, but it's just... It was exploitation in the cheesiest, like, cheapest way. It set the idea of a cannibal movie for me in a certain light. Right. I, I thought that they were all going to be like that. Right. And Cannibal Holocaust completely changed that. Should we kind of go over what the movie is about? I would rather not, just okay. because... I mean, it's, you know, it's 40 years old, so you we shouldn't have to worry about spoilers, but... Part of why I enjoyed it so much was I did not expect it... The way that it unraveled was not... I didn't know that's how the movie played out. I 100% agree. And not knowing what was going to happen next really upped the ante for me. And let's just say that it's... If you watch a good quality cut of it like we did, and you see it with like all the clarity and everything that it should have, it's not shocking that people thought especially in 1980 that like people actually died during the making of it and much like house on the edge of the park by the same director which came out the same year it in my opinion what makes it so effective is it essentially asks you as a viewer like why like how much of a piece of a shit are you that you're watching this for entertainment like you know they're still trying to make money and make a movie and whatever 
But it's like, it it basically infers the question throughout of, like, what does this say about us? I mean, they have the really cheesy line at the end and whatever. Yeah. Who's the real cannibal? But <laughs> it <laughs> the, was... The people who eat people. Yeah, yeah, that's still how that word works. But to me, it was just like, you're... You're not any better than these fictional characters who are essentially just getting their kicks, you know, through violence and racism and just just generally cruelty and whatever. And when we watch Last House on the Left, or Last House on the Edge of the Park, it's like, I'm just watching people be cruel to other people in a way that's supposed to stimulate and excite me. Yeah. And it's like all of the scenes in Last House on the Left with David Hess, except for it's all that the whole time. <laughs> like, that's just the whole movie is David Hess being David Hess. And you're like, gee whiz, man. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, take it easy. But that's pretty much my spiel. What do you think? What do you got? I, I honestly, I can't believe it's taken me this long to see it. I, we, we have a mutual friend that we discuss horror movies with, or at least I discuss horror movies with him quite a bit. And this was the one movie that I'd swore up and down that I didn't want to see. Because the um, animal stuff? Yeah, and Solo was the same way for me. Mm. So now I'm open to see that. Well, why wouldn't you see Solo? Just because it's gross. It's not that bad. I mean... I, let me let me finish my point. Right? Yeah. So the animal violence in this was bad, but it was there mostly for a reason. Uh-huh. And because of the quality of this movie and the point it was trying to make, the way it was shot, the music, the whole, everything. Yeah, the whole nine yards. For me, it made it worth it. Mm-hmm. Having to go through those scenes and see that stuff, the movie overall made it worth going through that trial for myself. Yeah, but you're not sure that art house exploitation a la Solo 120 Days of Sodom is going to be worth it? No, no, no. What I'm saying is because I watched this movie with that mindset originally that Cannibal Holocaust wasn't going to be that kind of movie for me. I am now open to see Solo. Yeah. Well, I saw Solo in college, as one should and does, and I think I had taken DXN the night before, and I know I was drinking when I was watching it, but I was a little let down, I guess partially because it's like one of those movies that's just like if you put power electronics into a film version, that's one of the things you can wind up with. Yeah. And I was deeply enmeshed in power electronics, so... Okay, whatever. (laughs) This is nothing new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just been reading all sorts of horrible things leading up to it, so... Ding dong, it's me, old hat at the door. Yeah, yeah, I was not moved in any substantial way, but it's a well-made film, and Pera Pasolini is like, you know, he died right before I think it came out because he was you know big into banging kids and he was murdered wasn't he yeah by a rent boy so yikes yeah he's an interesting character from what I understand I have a couple of his other movies I've never watched because he's a pedophile no no just because he's I mean Christ I I could never watch any movies if we didn't cross all pedophiles off the list like that's half of Hollywood never watch the unusual suspects again the usual suspects yep that's what I said yeah and you're going to edit that in. Sure. You're going to have it go, I guess I'll never watch, and then your voice saying usual suspects. You're going to say, yep, again. that's it. Yep. All that's right. It. Yep. <laughs> well, that's also a movie that's kind of like The Sixth Sense, where the twist is sort of half of it. 
But the yeah. but it's better than that. I I whatever, dude. Kevin Spacey might be a piece of shit, but again, he's made a lot of very good movies. Well, and it's just like it's one of those things where there's there's sometimes some people that makes me care, and there's other people where it's I know that they're awful, and I will acknowledge it, but. I can't throw the baby out with the bathwater on all of it. It's, you know, where I think everybody's like that. We draw the line erratically. Yeah, we all have our own lines to draw. But anyway. Rate it? Rate it. Go ahead. I don't know. It's tough because it's a first impression. So, but the excellence of the score and the last 30 minutes, really, yikes. I give it an 8.5. I gave it a solid 9 out of 10. Nice. I was very much surprised, but I think I went in with that this was going to be a lot more schlock. Yeah. And a lot more... They removed his genitals. And yeah. Blah, 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 blah. God, was it? It's like they, they cut off his balls and then removed his genitals. And then they ate it. You know what I'm talking about? That sample that's in that Mortician yeah. song? <laughs> I just want to listen to Mortician. It's just funny watching you struggle. <laughs> I mean, anyway. I can never remember shit like that. I can't remember quotes for nothing. Anyway, that is our review. Definitely go out and watch it, but be wary of the graphicness of it. Yeah, on every level. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, if you're, like, weak stomach, just don't do it. Yeah, and if you're a vegetarian, definitely don't watch it. And if you're vegan, you already hate us. Yeah, so... <laughs> anyway... Dick Fetty, would you like to start with a news story? Sure would, partner. Okay, this first article comes from NPR. This is from yesterday, July 29th. It says, Feds say they've arrested suspected pink lady bandit behind four bank robberies. Huh, pink lady bandit. Mm-hmm. The pink lady bandit takes her name from her occasionally used hot pink purse that she had during the robberies, which seems like a really dumb way How to get robberies? caught quicker. Four. Yes. And she wore it at what, like one? It just says she often wore large sunglasses, yoga pants, and a baseball cap. And she sometimes carried a hot pink purse, which led to her name. So I assume she did it at least the first time, and it was in it's in one of the pictures that I saw. But it's like one of those things where they just restrict Why not her. why not the yoga pants bandit? Because then that would make me think they were selling yoga pants. I think they're selling pink purses, so well, it doesn't say pink purse. Anyways, so her name is Cersei Baez, 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 Baez. Cersei Baez, Baez, Baez. Cersei Baez. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a little Keep bit of a Keep all of that in. <laughs> I want them to know what it's really like sitting across from me. Oh, and you're better? No, I'm not I just I edited the last episode, partner. Let's not be in glass houses. <laughs> Anyways, she's 35. Her alleged accomplice, Alexis Morales... Uh, 38, have been accused of robberies in Pennsylvania, Delaware, and North Carolina. The first robbery was on July 20th in Carlisle, PA, um, and then the following robbery was three days later in Rehoboth Beach, and then there were two robberies in North Carolina, one in DeShore, at the shore, and then one inland. And then they were... That sounds were... like more than four. That's four. I'm, I'm messing with you. I'm sorry, please continue. Okay, I know my facts. Does it, does it have any information about how much money they made off with? No, actually it doesn't. Oh. Yeah, sadly the 
there's not much information other than the FBI was offering $10,000 as an award for their capture, and then they were peacefully apprehended in North Carolina in, I think, Charlottesville at a hotel. They should become bounty hunters, but not those, like, bail bondsmen bounty hunters. Like, every time the FBI puts out a reward, mm-hmm. we go after them. Mm-hmm. We kill cool, right? We already got beards. You said you wanted them dead or alive. They're like, no, we need them alive. We, we need them well, alive. Well, they're dead. <laughs> so, you're, you're going to jail. Well, they struggled, don't you know? So, anyway, that's it. It was, uh, I just thought it was fun because they called her the Pink Lady Bandit, which I thought was stupid and unnecessary and <laughs> also sexist. So, wow. Is the moon full? Because I think you might be transforming into an a werewolf. <laughs> Yikes. I'm keeping that one in. <laughs> Because it's so good. So you ready for this? Yarp. Constipated woman loses 10 years of her memory after overexerting herself on the toilet. I see a look on your face. Pretty great. I've had shits that felt like that, but... So this woman was from Hong Kong. This was reported in the China press originally. Oh, yeah. So some cop clobbers her on the back of the head, and then they blame her constipation. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm a, this was... I got this a, a while ago. Okay. Mind you guys, most of our news stories are not usually current because we have, like, ten episodes in between outside of BDMFT as well. So sure. So we just save them. Yeah, sometimes. Although I've got... I tried to get a bunch of fresh ones for this one because we've had ones that are, like, ten years old before because they were funny enough. Yeah, that's fair. That, that pisky one. So... Concerned family members immediately took her to the hospital upon no- noticing a lapse in her memory but doctors found her brain function to be normal shared her son in an online post she was really backed up yeah well she you know you, you're on the toilet you're squeezing so hard that you forget how to human yeah well it's funny because I can't exert any amount of effort or I will immediately get an external hemorrhoid yeah no I don't push I just hang yeah, yeah. if it takes 20 minutes I've either got a hemorrhoid already or I'm packing it up and I'm going home. Yeah. Or you can get those little suppository uh, uh, laxatives. That's the word. Laxatives. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. I like Metamucil. Cleans me out and does it does it soft. I don't like drinking medicine. Ah. Doesn't bother mm. me. Doesn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Put here. down that bottle of cough syrup, Dick Fetty, please. Yeah. Yeah. No. You, I mean, guys, keep your bowels safe. That's first and foremost here at, at Motel. So... She lost her memory for about eight hours and then recovered. Oh. Yeah. But eight hours, like ten years gone. Like What years? I hope she had like a nine year nine year old son I was like, Who the fuck are you? And uh that's that's pretty much it. They believe it was due to insufficient oxygen being delivered from the brain because of how hard she was pushing since she was constipated. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's a thing that actually happened. Cool. Uh, So this is from NDTV. Austrian athlete freed by kidnapper after complimenting his orchids. (laughs) Wait, hold up. Is this, uh, is this Twin Peaks? Yeah. You just reading something from Twin Peaks? Oh, that guy, what was his name? Harold, right? Yeah, Harold. Literally the worst part of that show. Well, him and Rosie Packard. But Natalie Beerley managed to placate the man by complimenting on her mini orchids. So, young Austrian triathlete kidnapped while riding her bike, talked her way to freedom by complimenting her captor's orchids, police source said Saturday, confirming press reports. 
professional triathlete Natalie Beerley, 27, was struck by a car Tuesday and broke her arm while falling to the ground near Graz in southeastern Austria. That's Austria, not Australia. Two different places. The driver then knocked her out with a piece of wood and took her to his isolated home. The man forced her to drink alcohol and tried to suffocate her and then tried to drown her in a bathtub filled with cold water. However, now, <laughs> not to laugh at trauma, but I'm imagining this guy's forcefully shoving her under like a bunch of ice water and then she's just like, nice organs! And he's like, <gasps> and like pulls her back up by her little cute ponytail. Really? Yeah, and so apparently, uh, while he was initially filled with hate, her words, the man suddenly became nice to me, her words, and confided that gardening was his passion before opening up about his troubled childhood, she said. Finally, he agreed to let her go and even took her home along with her bicycle, which had a GPS system installed in it. The police then used the GPS to track down the man's home and arrested him. Can I, can I give uh, my dinner theater version of, of what happened? He's got her there. He already tried all this stuff. He's like, wow, you're just, you're really hard to kill. Like, I keep trying and she's just, you won't die. And she's like, you know what? You know what's really easy to kill? Those beautiful orchids. You know what? You're right. Yeah, I'm, you want to ride home? I'm going to take you home. You know what? I bet you're hungry too. We'll stop at like a burger place. We'll get you something. Maybe a Waffle House. They probably have Waffle House in Austria. Yeah. <clears throat> Are you ready for mine? Do you know how much belching I have to cut out of this? No, you're going to leave all of the belching in. No, I cut most of it out unless you belch through a word that I have to keep in because it's like important to the episode. And then the farting, which is all me. Yeah, that's all you. I know. So. so from now on, every time I need to belch, I'm going to do it at an important part. Okay. Teen dressed as Spider-Man reportedly lures and then beats up pedophile. Ooh. So... Is this a hard candy situation? I... Not really. Okay. So, a teenager in Brazil, I don't know, Jao Caba? Jao Caba? Brazil. Is said to have lured and beat beaten up a suspected pe pedophile while dressed as Marvel Comics Spider-Man. Not DC Comics Spider-Man? Nope. Not okay. a thing. I don't think. Okay. Don't quote me on that, because I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they don't have a Spider-Man. Yeah, probably if get ever sued. we're going to get an angry in an email, this will be it. I mean, they DC and Marvel both have a Captain Marvel, so... It's true. So, the 15-year-old boy pretended to be a 14-year-old girl on Tinder, and then, after beating up the man whose age was not disclosed up in a park that night the pedophile was taken to the hospital and then later to the police to get a statement doesn't don't you have to be 18 to use tinder you lie the peep to plenty of people lie and get on there yeah i understand that i mean it's not they're not checking your blood but yeah but i'm sure he was like i'm 14 i'm a 14 year old girl and i love pedophiles come and bang this hot hole and i'm definitely not spider-man <laughs> no way brother I don't like those sticky ropes. <laughs> Unless they're yours. Yeah, I'm a spider girl. Anyway. <laughs> Is that it? So, you want to know what he had with him? Spider dust. Nope. Two pocket knives, two retractable tomfas, and bladed brass knuckles. All right. So this motherfucker came ready. Yeah. He was oh, like, listen. This has got one weapon for each spider leg. <laughs> and the Spider-Man pedophile beater is now Dr. Roxo. The rock and roll clown. I do cocaine. 
All right, next one. BBC, July 25th, 2019. Li Yangjia. Yangjia. Chinese love mother, in quotes, jailed for fraud. What's a love mother? <laughs> well, I'm about to tell you, bitch. Ooh. So, 54-year-old Chinese woman who was once hailed as a philanthropist... Full-on rapist? Full-on rapist. uh, Philanthropist for adopting 118 children has been sentenced to 20 years in jail. Adopting 100 and how many? 18. That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Li Yangjia, Yangjia, I don't know, I'm not Chinese, was found guilty at a Wuhan court in Hebei province on Wednesday of extortion, fraud, forgery, and disturbing social order. The former uh, orphanage owner nicknamed Love Mother was fined 388000 American dollars. Fifteen accomplices, including her boyfriend, were also convicted. Her boyfriend, Zhu Qi, dis- was charged and convicted of disturbing social order, extortion, fraud, and intentional injury. He received a sentence of 12.5 years in jail and a fine of 1.2 million yuan, which is uh, like a little below $200,000. So... So, That's a lot of you on. Yeah, so some of the other 14 accomplices received jail terms uh, of up to four years. How interesting. Yeah, well, here's the deal. So, Lee first shot to fame in 2006 when she uh, people found out she was adopting dozens and dozens of kids into her home. And allegedly, she was married previously. Her original husband sold their only son into human trafficking for 7,000 yuan, which is like 20 bucks. Holy shit. <laughs> and she eventually got her son back, but she got divorced from her husband, and then she, like, loved kids and stuff since then. And then in the mid-1990s, she invested in an iron mining company, which she eventually took over, and at the same time as she was becoming wealthy, she just started adopting kids left and right. There were, like, kids that lived in the mine when she bought it, and, like, just... I was like, you're coming with you're me. You're mine now. Yeah, so everybody loved her, though, because she had all this love and this, that, and the other. So apparently what was happening was she would tell the kids, like, go to that construction site and lay under the bulldozers, and then when they want to, like, do their construction, they're going to have to come talk to me. And then she would make them pay her to, like, make the kids leave. And What the fuck? Yeah, do all sorts of stuff like that, like classic, uh, you know, basically organized crime type shit yeah. and she was extorting money and doing like you know like oh she had a child mafia yeah of 118 kids bruh so yeah she was she was like getting into all sorts of fucking crazy stuff and eventually like her orphanage became known as the love village so were the kids like you know outside of being made to lie down in front of heavy machinery were they taken care of it doesn't get into that here but it seems like they were I mean, you know, is it the proper emotional care needed for children to be emotionally manipulated by their surrogate parents into, you know, crime schemes? No. But I think, like, they got food on the table. And they weren't being diddled? As far as this article says, they don't even bring up diddling. Mm. So, maybe. I mean, but it doesn't seem like she was the diddler. She was just interested in the money. It also, like, now, I got very little information... Not a lot of information, I should say, although I did read a couple other articles because I was interested after I read this initially. And it seems like she wasn't, like, bad from the start. She just sort of realized, well, I've got all these kids and they're just costing me money. They could be making me money. (laughs) And I think, like, you know, over time got more and more involved in doing shady things with kids, but not in, like, the 
child porn way, but more in the go rip some wires out. You got small hands, go get in that thresher and you know break it. <laughs> so, um, part of the reason I say that is the article says she's been carrying out illegal activities since 2011, but she's been running the orphanage for a lot longer than that. When she was arrested in May of last year, uh, she had over 20 million yuan in her bank accounts and 20,000 American dollars in her bank accounts and owned luxury vehicles like Land Rovers and Mercedes Benz. Wow, Mercedes Benz. Yeah. Uh, she had 74 children left in the village when she was detained, and those kids were transferred to other government and school facilities. Well, I bet it was fun, though. Yeah, I mean, it kind of seems like a little bit of fun. It reminds me of that scene in the new Blade Runner when the guys from that orphanage and all those kids are pulling stuff out of green board and things. <laughs> yeah. So this one is actually pretty recent, and okay. we're going to have to get the pictures to post on Instagram because sure. they're hilarious, okay. and I know you'll like the story. Man arrested in Spain had cocaine under toupee. Oh, I saw the pictures for this. You saw the pictures? Yeah. So essentially... What happened is a man had attracted their attention because he looked nervous and had a disproportionately large hairpiece under his hat. And we will we will post the picture because it's, it's hilarious. He basically taped a key to the top of his head, right? Yeah, so he was a Colombian guy. He was detained in Barcelona. And just imagine a man wearing a like a, a build hat, like a normal baseball hat on top of his head. Not like on his head, on top of his yeah. head. And then they take it off and there's a toupee and you can clearly see a key of cocaine. Yeah. It's not... Yeah, it'd it, be like trying to hide a lobster under a trucker hat. It's just not going to work. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like trying to hide a lobster tied to the front of your face. Yeah. It's just... I thought it was so funny. Uh, just to let you know... It was around $34,000 worth of cocaine. I hope it'd spend that much if I had it. Yeah, I, I want to know... <laughs> I want to know the drug traffickers that were like, he's our guy. Like, You know there's one dude who really vouched for this guy? Yeah. And he's like... I feel like they got this dude so shithoused and they taped this to his head and they he woke up and... He just woke up in Barcelona? <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. He woke up and the cartel was like, oh, you did blah, blah, blah. Like, if you don't go walk with this kilo tape your head you know through the airport security and get to barcelona we're gonna kill you and your family and he was like well i don't know the word for c yes, <laughs> yes. i'll do yes it. <laughs> wow i just it's the whole time i gotta imagine he was just sweating bullets but i hope at one point he was like you know what i think this is gonna work yeah. I think I got this. I mean, imagine that he got from Colombia to Barcelona. It was only when he got there that somebody finally said. Yeah, to be fair, it is, well, maybe they paid off the people at the airport. Yeah. And he wasn't going to America, so. No. But that's hilarious. Yeah, at that point, you think you would just put it in your backpack or something. And yeah. also, if the dogs catch you with a fucking bunch of coke taped to your head, is that where you want them chomping down on? No. I don't think so, partner. Well, they don't attack. I thought they, uh... Well, at least drug dogs in America don't. They just alert. Mm-hmm. So, that was just one of my favorites that I had stumbled upon that was pretty recent. Yeah, I like that one. It's a good one. Okay, Fox News. Woman shot herself in the head while cuffed with her hands behind her back during traffic stop and suicide, police say. What? <laughs> yeah. So, 
This one, I was going to print some other related stories to it, but I just will stick with the original article I found on it. It's interesting because it doesn't make sense. Sarah Wilson, 19-year-old, and her boyfriend were arrested during a stop in Chesapeake in Virginia in July 2018 after cops allegedly found drugs in the 1996 Lexus Coupe the couple were driving. Police said they had handcuffed Wilson, and while attempting to apprehend her boyfriend, 27-year-old Holden Medlin, he became combative and ran away from the scene. So while there are no cops supervising her and she's handcuffed, now I've read a couple different things. It seems like she was handcuffed but not placed in a car or anything like that. Was she handcuffed from behind or from the front? Well, from the front's the only way this seems possible, but it doesn't say in the article. I mean, normally they handcuff people from behind, though. Yeah, usually. So, uh, cops then reportedly left Wilson handcuffed with her hands behind her back. Oh, yeah, there we go. As they ran to catch Medlin. While unattended, police say she was able to grab a weapon out of the Lexus, contorted her body, and shot herself through the mouth. An internal investigation was launched after her death, has since been concluded, although the police have not commented on the investigation. Yeah. I, I don't... I can't. I'm trying. I... I mean, if you really got lucky, like, flipped the gun in the perfect way, and then pulled it with your thumb and turned your head, you could maybe get it to, like, shoot through the bottom of your neck and up into your mouth, but it would be fucking hard. No, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm, my body's held together by popsicle sticks, tape, and hopes. Yeah. But I don't, I mean, she was white. She was white. Probably did yoga. Yeah. So, this is what her mom says. In all of her life, I've never known her to shoot a gun, own a gun, or even hold a gun, Wilson's mother, Dawn, told ABC 13 last year. She told the station she spoke to witnesses who told the police, told her the police were responsible for her daughter's death. Body cam footage that may have been able to answer any questions about the incident is unavailable. Huh. Yeah, apparently something happened to the body cam during the struggle and they can't get the footage. Seems uh, dubious. Uh, Wilson's boyfriend, Medlin, uh, when they were approached by officers, allegedly swallowed a golf ball-sized bag. Now, originally, I thought this was a golf club-sized bag, so I was like, holy shit. First of all, so, like, they got, like, a really big part at the bottom, and then it's just, like, the bag just is real skinny all the way to the top? Yeah. Um, of an unknown substance, police then later found 11 oxycodone pills, a syringe, another drug paraphernalia, a rifle, and ammunition and her boyfriend was charged with possession of controlled substances, yada, yada, yada. So the thing that I think is one of two things happened. Either they approached them, they got into a scuffle, and then some asshole cop shot this girl in the face, and then the boyfriend took off, and then they cuffed her after and were like, oh, yeah, she did it to herself. And uh, that's one possibility. Or she gets caught with all these drugs and her boyfriend who's got all these drugs and is like, fuck this, and like just caps herself. But thinking about it more and more, it seems unlikely that a white girl would do that because like she knows she's not going to get in trouble for the most part. And it's a drug stop. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, I know a lot of people who... Got stopped. Hot. Yeah, and uh, never was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to fucking shoot myself. In the mouth. Yeah. Yeah, so it seems that most likely there was police misconduct, but there has nothing has come of this yet, and it's already a year since it's happened. Or, 
Where was it? This was in, like, Virginia? Chesapeake, Virginia. Okay. Are there armadillos in Virginia? Nope. Hmm. Maybe there was a rogue armadillo in Virginia. Follow me on this, all right? Sure. I'm, I'm already behind you. She gets the gun and is trying to figure out, you know, how, how to, you know, get the cops, shoot the cops. But, the, you know, her hands are behind her back. She can't do it. Gun goes off. Hits an armadillo. Ricochets. Ricochets right through the mouth. Yeah. Makes sense when you think about it. Yeah. It's physics. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that they could have just handcuffed her in front and totally fucked up in that sense, and then she shot herself. I mean, it's unlikely that she would shoot herself over this, but without more information, it's kind of hard to know. Without knowing who she was and whether or not. I mean... Right, but I mean, it doesn't sound like this was just like a fun day out smoking a joint with her boyfriend. Not to say that 11 Oxys is... I mean, we've all seen more drugs than that, yeah. but, but at the same time, like, you know, you don't really, we don't really know. Like, I don't know the, the rest of the info, that, and apparently nobody does, so, but, yeah, I thought it was interesting, just the whole contorting, like, just, I'm just picturing this, I mean, it's obviously, it's a tragedy, whatever, but, you know, she shot herself with the face, with the handcuffs, that's, takes some, some doing. Yeah, I'm both sad and impressed. Yeah, a little bit horny. So what you got, bend the beer down... So, do you remember recently, uh, I can't remember what country it was, but they're having a press conference, and it was Facebook Live, and someone forgot to take off the cat ears filter? No. Okay, well, that happened recently. Okay. And it was hilarious. Sure. I have a less hilarious version of it. Okay. Cat filter blunder adds bizarre twist to double homicide press conference. <laughs> <laughs> the event addressed... The mysterious killings of an American woman and her Australian boyfriend in British Columbia. Oh, these are the two kids that are on the run. Yeah, they're dead. No. What? No, you haven't heard? The kids who killed these people, they're still on the run. I just read a whole article about it yesterday. Oh, no, I mean, I... Two kids from Vancouver went up to northwest, like, all the way, all the way northwest Canada came back down, killed these kids while they were camping, then killed another old guy. They've burned, like, four different cars and are making their way out to Nova Scotia or some shit. Holy shit. Yeah, it's like a, an actual crime spree in process right now. It's like fucking natural born killer shit. Yeah, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so... So as part of this... These poor people... Thank it, you for the update, because that actually wasn't even in the article. I wow, how'd they fuck that up? I don't know. It's a, it's an American and a... It was, I got this from the Huffington Post. Okay. So. And a Canadian, right? American and something. What's the, what's the chick's name? It's something weird. Uh, okay, well, let me get there. So the press conference addressed the apparent double homicide of American Shinya, C-H-Y-N-N... China, China. China? Yeah. That's what that's what it was. Noel Deese, twenty four, who is visiting her Australian boyfriend Lucas that's Robertson it. Fowler, who is twenty three, in Canada for vacation. Mm -hmm. Their bodies were found July fifteenth on a remote highway in British Columbia. So, while the police are giving this horrible information and asking for help about it, fucking cat ears filter. <laughs> So who, but on what? Like on one webcam or on everything? I mean, it couldn't, it wouldn't be that like so, all cameras have that. It's no, no, no. It, it was a phone and they were doing it on Facebook Live. Oh, okay, okay. And it just happened to be switched on. 
Yeah, so I mean, so what? But was it the police's Facebook Live? I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It, it could. It's probably a private stream. It could have been a private stream. It could have been a news one. Yeah, but either way, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. It was. It was, and they they didn't even mention who it, the spokesman was. It would. They just said spokesman for the Royal Canadian Mounted Police of British Columbia. Sure. Yeah, the Mounties. <laughs> so. They apologized for the technical difficulties and explained that an automatic setting on Facebook Live had been switched on. Yeah, so it sounds like the... Well, somebody apologized, so maybe it was the police. And then they re-recorded it without the cap filter, which added whiskers and ears to the officer. Oh, uh, so it was... It sounds like it was the police's own probably. stream. Yeah. So, that's hilarious. We will probably cover that story in a future episode because I, I read like a bunch of shit on it yesterday and originally was going to bring it because I read the most recent article that I was like, oh, I'll bring it tonight. And then I thought, this is too much. This is, it's interesting stuff, but yeah. And it's also not resolved yet. So yeah. anyway, thank you. Yes. Now, do you want a funny one or a kind of funny one? For some reason, kind of funny felt more right. Okay. This is from The Guardian. Nine years on, Greek MPs agree to abide by own anti-smoking law. So, <clears throat> so common was the habit that a thick fog of cigarette smoke often hovered over the building's cafe in Athens Parliament, a few meters from the legislative chamber where deputies had once voted to ban smoking in all public spaces, including the 300-seat house. Nine years, ten months, and 26 days after the ban came into effect, lawmakers are finally being forced to abide by it, too. So basically, everybody who works in Parliament is, like, out smoking in the Parliament building, and it's illegal. Like, by <laughs> government constitutional law. So, um, apparently, less than a month after assuming power, Kyriakos Mitsotakis, Greece's avid non-smoker premier, is determined to do what no other administration has managed so far. Actually enforce the prohibition, <laughs> George Papandreou, uh, his equally health-conscious predecessor had sought to implement almost a decade ago. With 27% of the population lighting up every day, Greece still tops Eurostat's League of Tables of Smokers, even if the rates are in decline. So apparently Greece is like got the highest percentage of smokers of anywhere in Europe, is my understanding, or at least Western really? Europe. Really? Yeah. More than France. Yeah. So they're crazy about it. Because, you know, the French are like health nuts, too. The Greece, Greeks sound so much. Yeah, but every time I think about... France, I just see somebody eating a baguette and smoking a cigarette. Yeah. So, basically, Kyriakos is a fanatic non-smoker. No one wants to be seen puffing around him, confides one party insider. It's a priority for the government, but it's personal, too. So, I mean, it's just, like, one of those things where imagine the disrespect of, like, being the guy who works at the cafe and all the members of parliament who, like, banned this nine years ago, who won't let you smoke outside of any other public building. Like, you know, you wouldn't be able to. They get to just sit in there and smoke the whole time. Yeah, like, what if, let's say, somebody in American Congress was really against, like, I don't know, gay sex and was... Kept having sex Having with, gay sex. Yeah, something like that, kind of. But... This is they made it illegal, too. Like, that's the kicker. You know what I mean? It's not just talking against it. So, in sharp contrast to other EU member states, Greece's former leftist-led government brimmed with smokers who thought nothing of lighting up in public. Nonconformism assumed new heights when Pavlos Pulikis, the country's erstwhile deputy health minister, sat through a press conference chain-smoking to the fury of officials in Brussels. <laughs> so, basically, the article goes on to say that essentially... 
the Greeks are, first of all, like, big on fuck you, we'll, we'll do whatever we want. And then also, if you tell us we can't do it, we can do it. So I apparently must have some Greek in me because I deeply identify with all those character traits. And people are, like, smoking out of spite. But they're really working hard within the country to educate kids and adults and say, like, smoking is not good for you. Smoking's health. bad. Yeah. And that's that. So this comes directly from BBC News. Okay. Russia Instagram influencer Ekaterina Karaglanova found dead in suitcase. Oh. So she was 24 and she was discovered on Friday. This was really recent. This was the 30th. So today. So this is the second Instagram influencer who has been murdered in what? The same two weeks or something? Yeah. Well, so... The whole th- what's the other girl's name? Bianca something. Yeah, I forget. All right. Um, she was less of an Instagram influencer, and it was more so the media uh, coverage of it. Yeah, thinking that she was this big internet star when she wasn't, and that because like they covered her numbers wrong, and then after uh, okay. the story came out, she got like hundreds of thousands of followers. And sure. Shit. Yeah. Because people are morbid, and we like morbid things. But yeah, want to look at pictures of a dead girl who doesn't. Uh, Kara Glenova had 85,000 followers already and had recently graduated as a doctor. So the police believe that it was a jealousy thing as motive. Sure. Ex-boyfriend or classmate kind of deal. Yeah, or like maybe someone else is trying to be Instagram famous. But she was in a new relationship and was going to go on holiday to the Netherlands to celebrate her birthday on July 30th. But her parents ended up growing concerned because they couldn't contact her. They'd been trying to get a hold of her leading up to her trip. What is my little baby? And they ha- they contacted her landlord and got into her apartment. And then they found a suitcase with her body in it. Jesus Christ. She had been stabbed multiple times. And there was no evidence that a struggle had been taking place in the apartment mm-hmm. so it's highly possible that she was murdered somewhere else put into a suitcase and then dropped off seems her own like apartment. her new boyfriend might be to blame maybe she's like oh like you know like he's like we'll leave for my apartment blah 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 and she comes over with her suitcases and he's like oh you won't need any of that stuff and she's like why not and then he just stabs her in the throat and then dumps out her suitcase and or, cuts her up and stuffs her in it and takes her back home well she was stabbed a bunch uh-huh and there's no weapon found on scene. Right. It could have been maybe she wanted to be, you know, she was going to do like a magician's apprentice thing. Yeah. Oh, like the thing in Gremlins where the dad gets stuck in the uh, old chimney and dies. I was thinking more like a girl in a box with swords going through it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Saw the box in half. Yeah, except they just stabbed her a bunch and put her in a suitcase. I saw something like that once, except for the guy sawed off his testicles and then died. So that was cool. Analytics? Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's some that's some ye old internet cringe. I'll never lose those images. The one guy uses a hatchet, the other guy uses like a wildly sharp serrated combat knife. Yep. And they both castrate themselves and both died. It's like yep. the uh jar guy. When he like, you know, puts the jar up his asshole and then shatters it and then died from a perforated rectum. And you just see, like, the blood and glass coming out of his, like, punctured anus. <laughs> Ooh! You know. The old internet. But, yeah, unfortunately, 
this she dead chick is dead and it's really sad big if true um the bianca girl i did finally see i did see a just kind of an update if you guys had been following that story and you haven't heard anything else the guy who murdered her is pleading not guilty Mm, classic yeah and i don't know if you've seen a picture of him yet but it was his mug i saw his mug shot oof he looks Man. like a neckbeard weeb. Yeah, and he's got the slash across his neck where he tried to slit his own throat. Fucking piece of shit. Should have made it work. Anyway, please continue with your next story, Dick Fetty. Sure. So this one's pretty old because I found it a while ago and we haven't done an episode in quite a while like this. But I had to save it and it's still funny. So this is from the Washington Post. A man's unusual cure to his chronic back pain, injecting himself with his own semen every month. Did you hear this one? No, but that sounds like a terrible idea. Because, I mean, I know you have, but for any of our listeners, all three of you who are female, um, when a man ejaculates and and that ejaculate gets wet, it essentially turns into... Like runny eggs. Yeah, like runny eggs. Yeah. It denatures the protein, especially heat, which is why if you jack off in the shower and it gets all over your hands, and you try to use warm water to wash it off, or just, like, post-jack-off, it gets all, like, guppy, like, guppier, and it's less runny. It denatures the protein yeah. of your sperm. Do you know the term desert jellies? No. So, it's a term used by, I don't remember what branch of the military, but, you know, when you're deployed, you have very little alone time. Sure. So, you know, you masturbate into whatever toilet you can when you're out in the field. And uh, apparently, if you're in the desert and you're making it using a makeshift outhouse, uh, the jizz will eventually work its way back up through the sand and look like desert jellies. Little desert jellyfish. So cute. Cool. So this is in <laughs> Ireland. A 33-year-old man who had been suffering from back pain decided that he would take on his own unusual home remedy unsupported by any scientific research and without the advice of anyone just decided i don't know how one reaches this decision (laughs) from like man really threw on my back today to like i'm going to now buy a needle and shoot semen into my arm but that's what he did maybe he he jerked off nutted and was like oh my back feels pretty good and then it started hurt again he's like you know what if i put put it back in yeah i guess so so talligat University Hospital in Dublin, where the man showed up recently with severe back pain and a swollen arm. So apparently he was not helping himself at all. They couldn't find that injecting semen had done anything to help his back, and he further injured it at work recently, while recently being in January, and then showed up and his arm was all fucking swollen because he'd been skin popping because (laughs) he didn't know how to shoot semen and it's not supposed to go into your veins. And they gave him some antimicrobial and say that his back and infection improved during the stay at the hospital with real medicine. So the people at the hospital did substantial research and a comprehensive review of scientific databases, publications, and a wider internet search looking for anything to support or understand why this guy thought this and they couldn't find anything. So he's a fucking nutter. <laughs> he's a nutter. Yeah, you like what I did there? Newton shoot, that's what I always say. Alright, let me do another quick one. Okay. So this is 
Tasmania, Australia. That's a place in Australia. Sure is. That's where the Tasmanian Devil was from, and Tasmanian Tigers. Sure. And, Extinct. Yep. We killed them. Hunted them down. So USA. Woo! So, Christian family who argued taxes against God's will ordered to pay $2.3 million bill. I, tas- <laughs> I heard about this. Yeah. So a Tasmanian family has been ordered to pay more than $2 million to the Australian Taxation Office after failing to pay income tax on the grounds it goes against God's will. Fanny Alita Barry Poot and her brother... <laughs> what Re- was that? Barry Reem- Poot? Yeah, Reem Burtis Cornelius Barry Poot faced the... <laughs> Their last name is Poot? It's Barry Poot. Barry Poot. B-E-E-R-E-P-O-O-T. That sounds like someone who's very uneducated named Barry saying that he farted. Ah, Barry Poot. Barry Poot. Barry Poot. <laughs> Fucking wanker. Uh, wow, your Australian accent is... Not good. Fucking top-notch. <laughs> uh, judge told him that thou shalt not text was not in the Bible and ordered them each to pay a million dollars. <laughs> so... They had previously lost their uh, prior farm due to not paying their taxes much earlier, like 10 years ago, and essentially argued that God didn't want us to be taxed, and so we're not paying it. And the court was like, well, you know, the Bible says that church and state are, like, there's the realm of the spiritual, and there's the realm of the physical, and in the realm of the physical, you're paying your fucking taxes. So... (laughs) It's I mean, taxation is theft, but... Woman broke into home, pet the family dog, washed dishes, and left. Vinton, Ohio. Vinton County, I'm sorry. Vinton County, Ohio. A woman was arrested and charged with burglary after a sheriff's official said she broke into a home in Hamden, which is a place, yeah. Ohio, on Monday morning, May 6th. So this is a little old, but I thought it was funny. Officials with Vinton County Sheriff's Office said around 9 a.m. deputies arrived and spoke with an individual who said a female came into the home through the back door, sat down on the couch, and began to pet the family dog, washed the dishes, and then left. They were like, well, let's just see where this goes, and if she's going to wash dishes, I don't think we should call the cops out after she leaves. Yeah, we should probably wait for... How do people from Ohio sound? They just sound normal. Oh. Yeah. They say, like, Akron... But other than that... Uh, like I, that like Midwest accent? Yeah. Ohio is basically the Midwest. Yeah. So everything west of the Ohio River is Midwest. Well, until you get to the west. And then it's just the west. Yeah. Know your geography, folks. And then if you keep going, you're in another country. You're in the ocean part. So, this next line is my favorite. The victim claimed the woman was acting very strangely. I mean, Duh. it was it wasn't like high strangeness enough that this woman just like walked in your back door, sat on your couch, and like that's a real good dog you got there. It's a real good dog. Oh man, those dishes they're real dirty. I gotta get them clean. Yeah, obviously she's got some kind of mental health issue going on. That ain't normal. As deputies spoke with the victim, sheriff's officials received a call that a woman matching the description of the burglar, which I guess burglar doesn't necessarily mean you're. Stealing something? It depends on what the state is. So burglary is entering into a home when a person... I think what I can remember from criminal is basically it's burglary if you go in with the intent to steal 
and somebody's home, even if you don't steal. But I think they've got an intent problem as far as like what her intent is, especially if she is dealing with a mental health issue. It's most likely criminal trespass, but they're gonna, it'll be one of those cases where if she has mental health issues, which I assume she does, they're gonna be more, I would think, treatment oriented than prison oriented. Yeah. Because if she's not in a right state of mind, she lacks the criminal intent, like the mens rea to decide to do something criminal. So. So, they got this call, right? And apparently this woman was knocking on doors in the area of Omar Street. Have you seen my dog? (laughs) Anybody want the dog pet dishes wash? I'll do some laundry. So, here's one of the reasons that I picked this. The woman who did this has almost exactly the same name as someone I used to work with at my current job. Mm. And I know it's not her. Okay. But... It just cracks you up. Yeah, because the woman's name is Shannon Ewing. Okay. And it's spelled very strange. It's not spelled S-H-A-N-N-O-N. Mm-hmm. And it's... I thought it wasn't that common. But apparently this woman gave them a false name and then appeared to be under the influence of narcotics. What does that even mean? You don't know. She could just be, you know. I'm smoking pasty pie. <laughs> she could just be all like wackety slackety. I don't know. Yeah, that's a technical Ohio illness. She did say that she had been up for two days and she was arrested and oh, charged so she with was burglary. Just, like coming off a of meth, probably. Yeah, just chill the fuck out, Ohio. Jesus, not to be a federal investigation. So this is another good Midwestern jaunty. Sheboygan, which is in Wisconsin. Sheboygan serial toilet clogger sentenced to 150 days in jail and probation. Oh, I heard about this. Yeah. So, Sheboygan. 35-year-old Sheboygan man was sentenced Monday to three years of probation for clogging women's toilets in D-Lind Park and his place of work. Patrick D. Beeman was originally charged with 12 misdemeanors of criminal damage to property. The Beeman. So, he was sentenced to 150 days in jail to pay more than $5,500 in restitution not allowed to possess or consume alcohol or any controlled substances, <laughs> which, like, duh, they're controlled, and complete 100 hours of community service. He begged for God's forgiveness and prays that he can do <laughs> the right thing every day. Please, God, please forgive me for clogging all these poop shoots. <laughs> yeah, Judge Kent Hoffman sentenced him to 30 days uh, jail time for each of the five counts of criminal damage to property served consecutively. So that's pretty harsh. He does get to do a work program, like a work release program, so he'll be working during the day. But he did most of this shit on the job. So, like, I love that the temptation will be so real. Be like, I'll just clog one more. Just one more. But he was using water bottles, so I guess he just had, like, cap on full water bottles and would flush them down the toilet till they get stuck in the U-trap, which is a pretty good way to break a toilet. Did they say why? No, but I would imagine there's some kind of sexual kick to it. Because he was doing it in women's bathrooms, not men's. So... Yeah, uh, he's... Maybe, just maybe, he didn't believe the girls pooped. Yeah. And he wanted to prove it. Yeah, back it up on him. Maybe he just thinks girls are gross. But anyways, this has been... That was going on since 2017, at least. Wow. Yeah, but he didn't... You know, he got... essentially lost a job in part from his toilet clogging antics, but... Yeah. I thought that was... That was one I saw. I was like, well, I gotta give that one. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I've clogged a few toilets in my day, but never got charged. Not purposely, Not criminally. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more, and then you can do as many as you want, Daddy. All right. Two people come upon Bigfoot family in Washington. Okay. 
Father and son say they saw a group of bipeds in Whatcom County. Whatcom? No idea where that is. I mean, it's in Washington, but... Yeah, it's up in the Dandong Woods. Probably. It'd be funny if it was just a complete city. <laughs> There's just nowhere for there to be big feet. Well, anyway. Well, you're telling me I can't have big feet in the city? No, I mean, not not be all... I mean, you are hairy and you do have big feet. Yeah. Dirt foot. He's totally gay. <laughs> <laughs> the eyewitnesses were reportedly driving in the area at 9 p.m. last September when they noticed the creatures. My father and I went for a drive up the mountain to stop at this clear cut like we've done many times before, the man said to BR, BFRO. I don't know what that is. I found this on a... Huh? So that's either a radio or a TV station. But go ahead. Yeah, probably. I mean, I found this on a cryptozoologynews.com. Okay. One of my favorite websites. We were scanning the clear cut with our flashlights when we saw eyeshine in the distance, about 200 yards. The man goes on to say that they detected three pairs of eyes leveled at different heights. At first, he adds, they thought they were looking at a mother bear in her cups, which is, you know, reasonable. Rare. Yeah. But after shining the flashlights in their direction, the larger creature charged up the hill grunting. Then it stopped and waited and for the said, other two. Ooh, what a lovely tea party. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, no, I got no Bigfoot quotes. I thought I could think of something funny. Well, oh, you remember that senator? I wonder whatever happened. The guy who wrote that Bigfoot erotica. erotica? Yeah. We should get that. We should yeah. just... Guys, let us know if you want us to do just uh, Bigfoot erotica. Reading. Yeah, readings. Yeah, we'll make it really fucking sexy. Yeah. I'll be like grunting and Ben will just be like rubbing his feet against my back super hard. Yeah. The we'll, whole time. We'll get, a, we'll get a lady in here to agree to it. Yeah, we can video it. Live stream it. That, that's There's only stuff. for our Patreon sponsors, which we don't have. Please rate and review on iTunes. So the witness goes on to explain that they're able to focus their flashlights on said creature so they could see it, essentially. And mm. it was brown. The eye shine was orangish, which I don't know what that means. I don't know anything about eye shine. Yeah. I'm not a wilderness boy, but I do well, like Well, like, how are you going to shine a light directly in something's eye and be like, I was orange? Like, it was the color of the light that you shined well, in its eyes. Yeah. Well, my eyes are glowing orange. Like I said, I, I don't so know. many Cheetos. At that point, it started charging towards us, breaking branches in on its way. Then it stopped, and everything went silent. The other two, he explains, were sitting there watching the men. So, big Bigfoot was coming out, and the baby big feet were just like hanging out, being like this dumb idiot. Medium feet. <laughs> Medium feet. Little feet. Little foot. Sometimes they stand up and walk a bit, but every time we made noise, they'd stop and watch us. This went on for three hours. So it never gave any of their names or anything, but they were like, it's definitely Big Feet. I just thought it was... Sounds like it's definitely it Bears. Like, how you, like, first of all, in this day and age, everybody's got a cell phone, right? Everybody's got a cell phone. And you're with three <clears throat> Sas- Sam Squatches for... Three hours and nothing. No, no, no proof. Zero proof. Well, no. See, I didn't tell you the story right away because it's so hard to believe. But seven months ago, I was up with my pa in a clear cut and we saw Big Feet for three hours and we weren't drinking or nothing. We were dead sober and we just kept looking at them. They kept looking at us three hours. We bonded them feet. We, we played badminton. 
they signed my yearbook. Yeah, we played good mitten. It was a nice time. I just thought that was fun and a bit ridiculous. Yeah, that is both. All right, this one's a sad one, so let's do it. March 19th, 2019. This is from the Associated Press, which is just means it's like a circulated story. Former Mississippi Gulf Coast officer says she had sex while child was dying in a hot car. Biloxi, Mississippi. A former Mississippi Gulf Coast police officer told a judge Monday that she had sex with her supervisor and then fell asleep while her three-year-old daughter was dying inside an overheated patrol car. What the fuck, Dick Fetty? <laughs> it's awful. I'm not, you know, it's obviously terrible, but it was just like, it's awful. So Cassie Barker pleaded <laughs> guilty Christ. Monday to manslaughter and a plea bargain after being indicted on a second-degree murder charge. Her daughter, Cheyenne... Hire died September 30th, 2016, after her mother left her strapped in a car seat for four hours while Barker was with her then-supervisor at his home. The car was running with the air conditioner turned on, but hot air or cold air wasn't blowing out. The girl was unresponsive when Barker returned. Authorities say Hire's body temperature was 107 degrees when she arrived at a nearby hospital. I don't know what I could ever do that could be worse than what you've already experienced. You will forever be entombed in a prison of your own mind. Bourgeois said to Barker, which I believe is the judge. Judge, yeah. So, Barker, who was working two jobs at the time, originally claimed she had been talking to Clark Ladner at his house early on a hot weekday morning when she fell asleep. So, imagine that for any period of time, you leave your child in the car to go talk to your boss, and then you just fall asleep. So, I presume there were drugs, but they probably couldn't. Well, they prove were fucking, it. right? Yeah. Yeah, well, they were fucking, but I mean, like, I just don't understand. I've never, I've just never fallen asleep like this other than, like... It's so good, it's like NyQuil. Knock you the fuck out. Yeah, I don't think it was that good. I don't think there's dick that good in Mississippi. I mean, if it's good enough for you to murder your three-year-old child... Ladner hasn't been criminally charged, telling officials he didn't know the girl was in the car. Which is, like, fair enough. I mean, yeah, no, I don't know. It's not his fault. Yeah. So, the mother had also previously left her daughter alone in the car at least once before when she was at a store in nearby Gulfport in April 2015. Police responded, child welfare officials took temporary custody of the girl at the time, and Barker was suspended from the Long Beach police for a week without pay, though she wasn't fired. The girl's father, Ryan Heyer, said he was never informed of the first incident, which I find slightly hard to believe, but also, like, not She's to shit on the South. No, but it's not a cop thing, but... It's a ch child protective services thing, and not every state. It's all about funding and education. Mississippi's like one of the dumbest states in the country, and I can kind of <laughs> believe that their child protective services is less than not awesome. Yeah. yeah. So normally, what would happen in New Jersey is if there's a CPS involvement, like both parents or any biological parent. Well, there's only two, normally, um, <laughs> are notified, and then especially if there's a court proceeding, so. Yeah, like, they fucked up there, but CPS also has immunity out, like, the wazoo, so nothing's gonna happen to them for this, but he should have been notified. But it also is, like, one of those where it seems like, I guess he maybe wasn't that much in the picture, because they would normally place the child with the other parent if right. one parent did something that fucking stupid. And I've represented people who have done this before, like, left their kids in the car for ten minutes or, you know, whatever bullshit. And the cops do show up, and they do charge you and cps does get involved and they charge you so 
Don't leave your kids in the fucking car. Yeah, No matter how inconvenient it is. So the father is suing the Long Beach Police Department and the Mississippi Department of Child Protective Services for the wrongful death of the child. But I can tell you right now, he's not going to get anywhere because there are many cases on record about kids dying because of CPS fucking it up. And they're immune. And they have to be immune because they basically couldn't do their job if they were always worrying about getting sued because... Like, we all make mistakes, and they need to be able to intervene and err on the side of caution, even when they can be sometimes wrong. Barker, the mother, was hospitalized after the girl's death, and a psychological exam showed that she suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder attributed to childhood trauma and her daughter's death. But she was found competent to stand trial, and is now in prison. Fuck that lady. Yeah. Well, don't fuck that lady, because she'll kill another kid, but... Yeah, that that was one of the rougher ones. I have another rough one, but I think I'm going to save it because I kind of want to dip into it at a different date. I'm going to do three more, two of them quick. So, you know Bronson, the most violent prisoner in all of Britain's history? Yes, of course. He's still alive and fucking, apparently. Well, not doing so much fucking, but alive and trying to fuck. Yeah, there was... Oh, he changed his name, too. Well, that's not what it says here, but... Anyways, Charles Bronson got married to a Paula Williamson two years ago. Yeah. Then they got divorced and she just OD'd yesterday or two days ago and died. She was... Now, this is according to The Sun, which is a fucking rag of a paper. So, this is all hyped up, but it was like the perfect place to find this. So, Paula Williamson found dead on a, quote, bed of cocaine and tablets just hours after Bronson had announced plans to wed again. There was a docu-series on Netflix, which... I had a lot of fun watching called Dark Taurus, I believe. Okay. And I think that was the wife that the guy, the documentarian, the the guy who was in the whole show, was talking to. Because he actually talked to Bronson on the phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I thought was really interesting because I really love the movie Bronson as well. Yeah, that's a good one. One of the best uh, Ruffin films. So, yeah, the... Now, granted, like, all this information is super suspect because this is coming from the sun, but just enjoy it for, like, the spectacle that it is. She does appear to be dead, but, you know, the cocaine tablets and all the rest is, it's all questionable. So, allegedly, so she's got a new boyfriend, uh, she's dealing with the post-marriage blues, whatever, and they were out clubbing, and she was thrown out of a nightclub on Saturday when she was, quote, off her face. (laughs) <laughs> the following day, Bronson, 66, announced that he wanted to marry a pensioner called Joan when he was freed. He said that uh, there's not a 33-year-old bird out there who's fit to clean her shoes. Meaning, I guess, all these young women are a bunch of hoes and not fit to keep a house. Not that that's really particularly important. But anyways, he wed Paula in November of 2017 at Wakefield Prison, but then they split last July when the son revealed photos of a lad burying himself in her boobs. So I don't know if the son's taking credit for the end of that marriage, but it kind of sounds like it, and I kind of love it. So her friend said that she had been mourning her marriage, um, although she was trying to hide it, and she had put on quite a bit of weight recently and was enjoying her booze. And <laughs> last year, Paula had checked into rehab after admitting she had tried to take her own life with an overdose. So it's actually kind of sad, but it's tabloid, so it's kind of trashy and fun. Jesus Christ. We broke up this woman's marriage, then we followed her until she OD'd. The son! Yeah, that's pretty much it. 
So I hope to cover this more in the future. This is an unsolved murder uh, case that I thought about doing when we did our episode the last time, but there's not a lot of information on it. It's mostly news because she's an attractive white girl. But Toya, accordingly, uh, was killed in far north Queensland, Australia, last year. and Or earlier this year, I apologize. And would have been celebrating her 25th birthday on Friday had she not been brutally slain. So... On Friday the what? I don't know. On Friday the day she died. Oh yeah, it was October 21st last year. Okay. But, um... Friday, June 14th. Thank you. Yeah. Would have have been her birthday. So, basically she was... It's interesting. She posted a bunch of stuff from... Like, women's rights, not like women's rights, you know, whatever, not like uh, revolutionary feminism or anything, but just like, one was from like a domestic abuse center in Australia and some other stuff like that. She was like posting things on her Facebook account that were like, basically, we need to be looking at men for the violence they create rather than blaming women for the violence that like they suffer. And a woman should be able to walk home from her car at night and not have to worry and this, that and the other. And then literally gets murdered going for a walk with her dog on like a secluded beach near where she lives and I read a couple posts on Instagram because I looked at the hashtag and the photos related to it about her and they say like her dad was the one who found her but she was found when she went missing and then the police got together a search party and that search party found her I don't know if her dad was literally the one or if there's just more news about it in Australia which I imagine there is but this is a big deal in the area that it happened again she's young she's very attractive she's was like a dog foster mom and a cat foster mom and all this other stuff and everybody's you know she was so caring and wonderful and whatever and they have no leads as far as uh, who did it they've taken over 400 the police have taken over 400 statements and uh, this time they haven't said anything publicly that would lead anybody to believe that they're closer to figuring it out. It's just unusual that for, like, in a place like Australia, I mean, okay, granted, not the outback or whatever, but, like, on a beach in a normal place, like, this kind of thing would happen and nobody would see anything. It just feels crazy to me that that happens anymore, you know? I mean, we also don't really know. I mean, I've never been to Australia, sure. so I don't really know culturally like how they work I know well I don't know but I heard that like a lot of their bars close pretty early too yeah so and there's like certain nights of the week where just like nobody goes out yeah well I mean this was in a relatively isolated area they said like the beach that she was killed on was one where if there was 10 people it would be considered crowded but it's like again it's unusual that then somebody would be out there to kill her well, they could have been stalking her. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. So, and it, the the stuff I found about her social media posts make it interesting because it's like a weird twist of fate that she would put stuff up that was so close to what happened. So you wonder, like, was somebody reading it and trying to make a point? But there isn't like any incel claiming that they did it type of bullshit that I've seen. But this is a case I'm probably going to come back to because I've read a bunch of articles on it and. It's not that interesting, but I just, you know, it's another unsolved mystery. Yeah. So. And that's it from me. Yeah, that's that's it. I got nothing else. So, yeah, well, thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoy our weird news for what it's worth. 
we have a lot of fun doing these episodes. Obviously, it's a little bit less work in the sense of we just have to remember a couple facts about a couple things. But we'll try to post some of the good pictures from it. I'm going to hold on to the story so I can remember what the hell we covered. And, yeah. Uh, check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud. Rate and review. Send us some messages. I got a nice message from a different person in Australia who was uh, nice about the podcast. So thank you for that. And I'm glad we're so big in Australia. How'd that happen? I don't know. There's a bunch of noisers in Australia. And it's funny, I finally, for the first time ever, co-post, like, I cross-post our Motel Hell story with my personal Instagram account, and then we immediately got, like, ten more listeners, so. Very cool. That was dumb. Why have I waited two years to do that? Because you're an asshole. Yeah. So, anyways, thank you guys for your continued support and listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Rate and review us, yada yada. Please do. And that's all we got for this week. We will see you on the Bearded Dicks musical fun time. And then after that, hell, hell, we'll be in hell. It's so hot in here, guys. We're sweating so bad. It's not that bad. We've sat in hotter rooms to do this. That's true. But I am, I am balls. Yeah. All right. Later, nerds. Later, nerds.